you yeah. you want some more coffee? I've got a little bit going here. <laughs> okay. So, all right. All right. So, <laughs> Cheers. All right. So I was just going to say, Sarah, you and I, we met on Twitter. Um, and I've just got to say, it's it's really interesting to see how far relationships can go from social media. I'm sure you have built some pretty established relationships because you spend a lot of time on Twitter. Absolutely. Twitter has been one of the most amazing platforms for me to build uh, relationships and collaborate with people. It's opened up a lot of opportunities that I wouldn't have otherwise had. Like I have had the opportunity to be um, published in some online publications, some some rather big ones that I otherwise wouldn't have even thought uh, would be a possibility. And the opportunity to be on podcasts and, and do guest blog collaboration. So lots of great quality connections on Twitter. Uh, that's, that's great. And I hope that our audience are listening. And Trish, you and I, we met on LinkedIn. Yes, I'll never forget that you reached out. And it's it's amazing when you think of how many people reach out, and then you make that friendship connection sometimes. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic. So Trish and I actually attended a mini retreat together in um, New Mexico last year before last. It's so Mm -hmm. funny, I keep taking 2020, and you've got to kind of just wipe it out. The year that wasn't. (laughs) 2019. But I want to welcome those that are listening to our show. Welcome to Connect, Inspire, Create. I am Carol, a digital marketing coach, helping women to simply start their business and take their dreams to plans, along with my co-host Trish. And Trish is a professional certified life coach who helps people encountering the struggles that have hit us all in Mm -hmm. the last few months, help them to navigate those challenges find their resilience and just come out better on the other side. So, yeah. Absolutely. That as two coaches, we invite our listeners to connect with the great guests like Sarah that we have on our show. And we really hope that our wonderful guests will inspire you to grow your business with enthusiasm and create the life of your plans with greater clarity and enthusiasm. Let's face it. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you for joining us today and lovely to have you with us. I wanted to just share a little quick bio about you, if you don't mind listening to us read all about you. (laughs) So Sarah's been in digital marketing since 2003, and she's a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, a sister, and a volunteer that she's going to tell us a little bit about um, in a moment. And passionate, like I am, about social media and marketing and branding. And her mission is to help business owners succeed using the powerful tools of digital marketing. So, Sarah, I know that I had wanted to ask you a favorite story about yourself that you would love to share with our audience. And I think what I'll do is um, share a little bit about how I got into volunteering because Mm. that's something I I am very passionate and excited about. Um, I was raised in a home where we struggled a little bit sometimes for food. And so my family did require to use our local food bank a few times throughout my childhood. And when I got into digital marketing and started Dufferin Media, where we were offering social media services, I reached out to the food bank and asked them if I could help with their social media and their Facebook page. So that's sort of how I got connected with the Orangeville Food Bank. But 
as soon as I had the opportunity to visit them and get involved, I immediately started volunteering as, um, well, basically in any role that they would give me. And where I settled was, yeah, thank you. I settled in um, the client intake role. So every Tuesday I, I go in and I um, do the client intake interviews and do the one-on-one with the clients that are there to use the food bank. And it's just been an incredible experience. I get so much out of the atmosphere at the food bank and all of the volunteers are so amazing. And I really, um, you know, I used to say that one of my favorite things was all the hugs that I got from oh, everyone yeah. when we went and so it's been a really um, very powerful experience for me just to stay humble and stay grounded and give service back to families that might be struggling like I was. And it's not just about providing food. It's about looking for other solutions for them as well. And being honed in on the greater problem of poverty and um, the cycle of poverty and uh, affordable housing is such a huge problem right oh, now. Where amen. I live. Amen. Yeah, so just being really involved in the community has given me a really um, sort of important thing in my life to focus on, aside from just working all the time. <laughs> that's wonderful. Think, Carol, if I could just pop in, Sarah, that I honestly think that that's one of the best stories we've heard because a lot of times when people share their story, it's tied directly to their vocation, their career, which is certainly applicable here. But what I love is you know, as coaches, we talk about work-life balance. And if we're not getting to the heart of what matters to us, if that doesn't fit into our lifestyle somewhere, I can just tell that that is at the core of what matters to you. And I love that. And I think that's probably one of the best messages for us and our listeners. So I'm so glad you started with that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I am too, because just, you know, inspiring, it brings you joy in what you do for your career. And then you're able to share that gift with others and, um, you know, just spreading some love and joy and encouragement, which is so important in our our world today as we we do, we all need a little more of that. So I know that today we were going to talk about website accessibility, which I have to be honest that when you suggested that topic, I thought, oh, let me Google this because what, what is, is it? Website accessibility. <laughs> and I am I'm really curious and, and have some questions for you on that one. But I had just for our 2020 year, was there anything you added to your business? Was there anything you took away that you thought, hmm, I'm not going to do this anymore? This is not serving my clients or serving me. I like that question, Carol. Yeah, that is a good question. I think for uh, my business for Dufferin Media, we experienced quite a lot of growth as part of the pandemic. Though we did lose some clients that were businesses that just couldn't quite survive or keep up with the advertising costs during COVID. That was understandable. A lot of other customers and businesses, they adjusted and they um, actually took their business online. So our business expanded much more into the e-commerce sector, where we were helping business owners that previously were just brick and mortar, get an e-commerce store, or even businesses that were just starting from scratch. There were some startups that launched in during 2020 and developing their plan to, to have an e-commerce store. So we actually added a few more solutions for e-commerce websites themselves, as well as some marketing solutions that were e-commerce specific 
So we offered some expanded SEO services for e-commerce as well as Pinterest marketing, which is an incredible tool to drive traffic to e-commerce stores. So we sort of, we actually experienced some growth in 2020 in a few areas like that. Pinterest, that's really interesting. I'd love to learn more about that. That's not something that I really work with. And Carol, I know you do. I do. Well, I've, I've come back to it. I've done a full circle and come around and realized the SEO of Pinterest and, um, you know, linking back to your website and sending traffic. It's it's quite fascinating. And that's where I've been spending my money um, on my business is Smart. Pinterest advertising before any of the others. It's kind of, yeah, uh, I can be quite a Scrooge when it comes to spending money on advertising. So I have definitely found value um, in for our listeners. Can I, for our listeners, can I ask you too, because Pinterest is not in my wheelhouse. Um, Can you guys elaborate on the the key benefits of that right now? Because I I'm frugal like the rest of us. Why Pinterest? Pinterest is so much more than just a social media platform. It's a giant search engine in itself. And the benefit of using it is not just for search engine optimization. All of the pins are indexed by Google. If you're ever doing a Google search for something and click on images, a lot of those results will be coming from Pinterest. But in addition, you can send all the traffic back from those pins to your website or your blogs or your e-commerce products. So there's incredible value there. 65% of my blog traffic actually comes from Pinterest. So there's this huge strategy that you can use to tap into those keywords and optimize your your profile, optimize your boards. You have lots of boards and optimize your pins and you can do lots of pinning. So um, on the paid advertising side, the interesting thing that Carol was mentioning is Pinterest actually has a paid advertising Uh, capability, kind of like Facebook, where you can boost posts, or you can boost certain things. And it's actually, it's actually much less expensive than the other platforms. So it's really good for, um, like, we've had great success with our e commerce clients that have decided to allocate their paid budgets on Pinterest, because it sends that traffic right back to their products. So it's been a really interesting strategy uh, on Pinterest. So there's lots of benefits there. And are there products that resonate? Sorry, Carol. No, I was just going to add even things like signing up for your newsletter. You know, you pop the link in for your newsletter and you can be so creative with your post. So there's a lot of text on the post so that people read it and then save it to the different boards for themselves or they click on it to go through, which Sarah is saying, to the blog post to be further inspired. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, we'll probably have to do a a, a podcast. I would love to home in on that because I know that's a big question with my fellow coaches is they're kind of all over the map right now in reach. And so is there, Carol and Sarah, is there a common thread right now of business types that are succeeding better than others through Pinterest? No, I would say just all of them. Okay. Yeah. Great. A lot of women, a lot of women driven products because the demographic there is slightly higher in terms of the female audience, but I was working with a client and their product was actually male oriented and that was their target audience. And it actually did really well too. Yeah. No, the male audience side has definitely grown. I think, you know, in the old days, it was just save recipes and how to decorate your home, but not anymore. Pinterest has changed. They've made Mm -hmm. some huge changes. But um, but let's get on so that we do have some time. Website accessibility. So I know that I've made the statement that everybody wants to attract as many visitors as possible to their site. 
But how do you take the steps to ensure that your site can be used by everyone? And I, you know, on Sarah, on you offering to come and share this with our audience, I was like, "Mm, let me find out more. So I'm handing the mic over to you and come and tell us about how we do this, what we do, how we check it. It's all yours. Yes, thank you. Um, I was introduced to website accessibility and the concept of it actually not too long ago when a nonprofit organization that I was talking to about their website told me that they were denied a grant because their website was not compliant with the accessibility guidelines. So I found that very interesting and very scary in a way because I thought this doesn't seem fair. When I started learning more about website accessibility and the website accessibility laws, what I recognized is that not enough people are talking about website accessibility, especially in the smaller organizations and smaller businesses. The larger corporations and the public facing websites, such as municipalities and governments, they've had to comply with these regulations and they've been aware of them for a long time because there's the laws coming down in most jurisdictions stating that those companies have to have website accessibility guidelines and an accessibility statement. So here in Ontario, it's just coming at the end of this month where organizations with 50 employees or more have to be compliant or they could face fines up to $100,000 per day. So it's coming into play. But on my side, what I feel is more important is just in general, more business owners and organizations start being aware of this because I think it will quickly become extremely relevant, not just by law, but because of the growing number of people in the world that either have a disability or have a barrier or challenge that prevents them from accessing certain types of content. So for example, as I'm in my mid forties, my eye doctor just told me, guess what? I'm going to need bifocals. So I'm getting there, Sarah. I'm getting there. Yep. Yep. So as vision starts to decline, I've noticed that accessing certain information on my phone can be challenging and I have to try and scroll in if I have my contacts in because I can't quite see. So that's just one example of how um, accessibility might be an issue for somebody that's not um, by the definition of the term disabled. It's actually something that affects us all and it's something that could affect any one of us temporarily So say you break your right arm and all of a sudden you can't use your mouse. Can you navigate websites from your keyboard alone? Have you ever tried that? I can't. I mean, it just seems impossible. So yeah, I have to on that note share that I tried that on my own site and that when you, you and I went, oh no, I cannot use, I cannot navigate. And so I'm, I'm looking into that. I host with Squarespace on how to make just what you've shared, how to navigate my site with, with your keyboard. Yeah. So those are, that's what we talk about when we talk about website accessibility. It's can any user that comes to your site, regardless of their ability or disability, access the content on your site? So it's not just the obvious things that we're thinking about, like are people experiencing vision loss or hearing loss, or they need accessibility um, devices in order to access things. That's not just what accessibility is. It's everything. And, and what popped out that you just said to me, and I want to emphasize maybe for listeners too, and real quickly, we always encourage listeners to send questions, to go to our website at connectinspirecreate.com. Um, 
if you have questions for Sarah or you want more information, we're going to have her links in the show notes. Um, But Sarah, what popped out to me just now was I would want to know what are a couple of those alternative accessibility features? Audio, I'm thinking. What are a few of those that if we're on a limited budget as solopreneurs, which a lot of our listeners are, how can they become accessible quickly? And not the other thing that stood out to me is the audience we're missing. The audience we're missing right now. Yeah, um, 100%. I mean, in my research, I've found that at least 20% of the world's population identify as some form of disability. So that's a huge potential loss in customers, listeners, visitors. There's there's a real business need here to make sure that your website is accessible. So there are some easy things that you can do just to get started. Um, if you are, for example, holding a pod, hosting a podcast like you are, which is an audio podcast, how do people listen if they have hearing impairment? And that's where they suggest that you actually post with it a text transcript of the podcast so that somebody could read it or use a text reader um, device in order to uh, understand that file. And then if it's a video, then using the closed caption is, is one of the solutions. Not only is it good for people, not only is it good for accessibility, but those closed captions are really important for temporary situations such as if you're sitting working in a busy cafe, you're gonna be reading those subtitles and also the younger generation, I don't know what's going on with them, but I know my kids, when they watch video, they always have t- the captions turned on. So millennials, really? younger population. just Is it a on. distraction aid? Because I am definitely the monkey mind type. Is it a distraction aid? I, I'm not sure what it is with the younger generation and, they, and why they put it on if it's just to understand the content better. Different languages, different accents. Maybe we can pick those things up. That's really interesting. So posting a video without captions to me is just a, it's kind of a fail because you're missing out on potential people, you know, understanding what you're posting about. Absolutely. And you can summarize. And I wonder if the younger ones aren't, you know, it just gives you an overall summary of something so that you've grabbed it. As you say, if you don't have time sometimes to listen even to the whole thing, or you're in a situation where you, you know, it can't be loud, but being able to just read those subtitles, you've got a condensed version um, to take the next step. Yeah, 100%. One of the other uh, really easy things that you can do on your website is make sure that all of your images have alt text. So there's um, alternative text or alt text field when you upload a picture. And a lot of people kind of just ignore it. They don't Mm -hmm. know what it is. Not only is it extremely important for search engine optimization, because you have an incredible opportunity there to include your keywords to tell Google what that picture is, but then for screen readers, it will tell um, those people that are potentially visually impaired what that picture is of. These are wonderful. I mean, as you say, these are easy tips to implement straight away. And Sarah, am I correct that on your site, you do have an opportunity for people um, to get an evaluation? Of their sites? Yes. So we offer free website accessibility audit. Love it. I will add that to the show notes so that people know exactly, you know, where where to find you. Um, That's a great feature that you're offering as a business because I can tell you right now, I, boy, I think everybody should consider doing that. That's such a great feature you offer. 
that. And especially for those, you know, who'd like to build their own websites and who started from scratch and do their own thing and haven't used a website designer, you know, using a budget, doing their own thing, that's a good place to start is to, you know, come and check out with you how accessible their site is and then start implementing, as you say, some of these basics. It's um, So, yeah, we've got a, a way to start. So, Sarah, if you were going to leave our listeners that's kind of difficult to go one piece of advice when there's a whole bunch of pieces of advice. Yeah, boy, good you, stuff. What would you leave them with as, um, yeah, with, in, for the- in terms of website accessibility, I think the key takeaway here is to be aware of it. Be aware of how beneficial it can be for your business because not only are you then essentially increasing your potential customer base by 20% or more, by being accessible, but you can also use the fact that you hold accessibility as one of your key values. And that can actually be used in your marketing. It can be good for your reputation. That's smart. And That's smart. Yeah. Like it, it really can be newsworthy. So there's, there's multiple benefits to making sure that your business is fully accessible, fully inclusive, barrier free that are just not really measurable because they are so important in today's world. And so just learn about what accessibility is and potentially build out a plan and a goal to become more accessible within a certain amount of time. It could never possibly be done overnight. Right. It's going to be gradual. So at least become aware of it and decide where you want your business to be in a year, in five years, set your goals based on, um, you know, reasonable timelines in terms right. of, yeah. you know, I used to sell digital advertising and, um, I remember this reminds me right now, Sarah, of when we started explaining what phone compatibility was when suddenly your website needed to be compatible and, and look good. And that was the question everyone was asking, is my website compatible with a smartphone? And it wasn't even called a smartphone then. So it feels <laughs> to me like this is the next step for our websites is this accessibility. And I'm so grateful we are leaving a huge valuable audience out yeah no I'm so grateful that you have shared this with us today Sarah because it's just can get everybody thinking and as you say exploring and then taking as you you can't do it overnight but taking the steps in the right direction and caring I mean at the end of the day let's care about each other and let's be more accessible So I just want to say thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing with everybody. I am going to put Sarah's, both her websites um, in the show notes for sarahclark.biz and then dufferinmedia.com. And the best place to connect with you on social, we know that one is Twitter. Where else do you? (laughs) Yes, one is definitely Twitter. LinkedIn is, is also a great place to connect with me or via email. Lovely. And I know that for Trisha and myself, we also, LinkedIn is a good place to find both of us. And so thank you to our audience for listening. If you have loved what you have listened today about website accessibility and you have some friends that you think should know more about this, we'd love to ask you to share this episode. And Trish, I know that you have a product that you're launching. You've, you've done one and you're moving into the second one. 
Yes, it's, I'm excited. It's, uh, it's small circle coaching. So it's somewhere between these huge webinars that we can attend where we just get to watch and listen and one-on-one coaching. It's a, it's small circle with six women, um, four sessions. We are focusing on, um, unfortunately it's anxiety and burnout, but they are relevant and we're making it a positive experience with tools to, you know, better manage this very real experience in our lives. So. That's that's Wonderful. what I'm working on Thanks, right now. Trish. And I know healthylifemindset.com, once again, will be in the show notes where you'll find Trish. And then I would just love to share my monthly social media and marketing update newsletter with you. So if you are interested, I do a recap on everything as much as I can on all the different platforms. And you can sign up for that at simplystart.biz. So if you have a story to share with us and you'd like to reach our audience, stop by our website for our podcast. It is Connect inspirecreate.com and there's a little button on the right hand side where you can actually leave a voicemail or you can email us so until next time thanks everybody bye-bye thank you